didn't make it to work this morning. Um, yesterday morning, I got up early to go to the office, and because uh, I went to the office yesterday, uh, and I turned off my alarm, and uh, I did the same. I never turned it back on, and you know, quite often I am up. Well, it, I don't need an alarm to wake up. Most usually uh, at five o'clock. Usually it's. Um, up. Well, I didn't sleep so well last night. Uh, I didn't sleep much at all last night. And uh, uh, anyway, I went to sleep this morning and thought, well, my alarm will wake me up. And it was uh, 5.53 and I sat up and looked at my watch and went, oh dear. So uh, I'm glad that I didn't sleep through our time together this morning. 
as we get into scripture. So I am just uh, very glad. And the puppy, uh, Priscilla mentioning Sadie waking you up with kisses. Uh, Sadie is their dog. And uh, my dogs did not wake me up this morning. In fact, the puppy didn't wake me up. Cameron was away, and uh, we have the, his puppy, and he didn't even wake me up. I let him out of his kennel here. He just crawled up on the couch and went back to sleep himself, so I didn't even get that. Uh, it's hump day, they say, huh? Humpty Dumpty sat on a wall. Humpty Dumpty had a great fall. Doesn't talk about breaking all the king's horses and all the king's men couldn't put Humpty together again. Something like that. I, I don't quite remember it. I haven't had my coffee yet. I did go out and press start. <laughs> There's a cup out there waiting for me when I sneak away from the computer for 30 seconds to go and grab it. We're in Luke chapter 16 this morning. Let me get right into it with you. Uh, Jesus told this story to his disciples. Uh, there was a certain rich man who had a manager handling his affairs. One day a report came that the manager was wasting the employer's money. So the employer called him in and said, what's this I hear about you? Get your report in order because you're going to be fired. The manager thought to himself, now what? Uh, my boss has fired me. I don't have the strength to dig ditches and I'm too proud to beg. Ah, uh, I know how to ensure that I'll have plenty of friends who will give me a home when I'm fired. So he invited each person who owed money to his employer to come and discuss the situation. He asked the first one, how much do you owe? The man replied, I owe him 800 gallons of olive oil. So the manager told him, take the bill and quickly change it to 400 gallons. How much do you owe my employer? He asked the next man. I owe him a thousand bushels of wheat, was the reply. Here the manager said, take the bill and change it to 800 bushels. The rich man had to admire the dishonest rascal for being so shrewd. And it's true that the children of this world are more shrewd, more shrewd in dealing with the world around them than are the children of light. So here's the lesson. Use your worldly resources to benefit others and make friends. Then, when your possessions are gone, they will welcome you to an eternal home. If you're faithful in little things, you'll be faithful in large ones. But if you're dishonest in little things, you, you won't be honest with the greater responsibilities. And if you're untrustworthy about worldly wealth, who will trust you with the true riches of heaven? And if you are not faithful with other people's things, why should you be trusted with your own things? No one can serve two masters. You will hate one and love the other. You'll be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money, or you cannot be you cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. So the shrewdness. Now this parable would uh, parallel another. It has different parts of different different places that you would find in the book of Matthew uh, as you look at this parable. But he came up with a shrewd solution. And it, it does not necessarily commend the man for what he did. What it does do, though, is commend the man that he was shrewd. 
and, and try to find a solution. And you look at what he did. He invited people who owed money to the master, and he he uh, gave them a discount, and uh, to to please them, maybe to to get them to pay up. Well, if you can't pay it all now, could you pay part of it? And you know, the implication might be that he had uh, uh, that maybe some people did pay up. Verse eight had said the rich man had to admire. The rich man had to admire the dishonest rascal. The text does call him dishonest. It says it admired him for being so shrewd. And it's true that the children of this world are more shrewd in dealing with the world around them than are the children of light. Implication being that we would learn how to be shrewd and uh, that we would do so. Be shrewd. We're told to be shrewd as serpents, but harmless as doves. It's not wrong to be shrewd, but it is wrong when the shrewdness leads to the destruction of other people. We're we're to be harmless in our shrewdness. In fact, I will find that verse for you uh, here uh, in in the scriptures. Let me look it up. Shrewd as serpents. Pull that up, because I want us to to see this verse. Be shrewd. (laughs) You're watching me work. Well, I'm not pulling that up. Well, I will find it. But we are told, we are told to be shrewd as serpents, harmless as doves. And we should be. Sometimes we think, well, you know, don't be shrewd. Well, no, we we should be shrewd. Uh, but, but we're supposed to make sure that we're shrewd uh, in righteous ways, shrewd in ways that serve the kingdom. Maybe Don can look up that uh, that phrase, shrewd as serpents and harmless as doves, and uh, tell us what verse that's located in. Uh, if he's able to do that, uh, to Google that, be helpful. So um, what do you think about Shrewd versus not shrewd. Verse 8, the rich man had to admire the dishonest rascal for being so shrewd. And it's true that the children of this world are more shrewd in dealing with the world around them than are the children of light. And the lesson, he states, lesson, he states a point. Use your worldly resources to benefit others and make friends. Uh, then when your possessions are gone, they will welcome you to an eternal home. Uh, Don saying Matthew 10, 16. So let me take you to Matthew 10, 16 real fast. Matthew 10, 16. 
Yes, Matthew 10, 16. Look, I'm sending you out as sheep among wolves, so be shrewd as snakes and harmless as doves. I think that's why I couldn't find it. I was looking up the word serpent uh, in this translation, and it was, uh, wasn't was there because it was looking for the word snake. Yes, look, I'm sending you out as sheep. We are sheep. We're to be innocent. The world around us is not so innocent. We are to be shrewd, but we're also to be harmless. So uh, I'm going to go off uh, microphone for just a moment. You can look at that verse, think about that verse. I am going to grab my cup of coffee and uh, jump back in. I'm a little hoarse this morning. Be right back. Get your cup of coffee, too. You all have that cup of coffee, do you? Mm, one other reason I went off uh, microphone is uh, our son uh, installed several what are called smart light bulbs in several fixtures in our house. And my office had was one of those, and the lights were set at soft white. Uh, and usually I broadcast with daylight or bright light, and it makes a difference on how things look. So now my beard looks much more chromed with this light than antiqued. I would rather look chromed than antiqued. So uh, that's what you're getting. And uh, someone said, Walter said, I need more sleep. Yeah, it wasn't that I was trying to stay awake. I just couldn't sleep wrestling with the just wrestling with different things in my heart and in my mind. So anyway, uh, back to Luke chapter 16, um, the passage at hand this morning. I'm going to put this in the message paraphrase uh, so we can take a look at, uh, I'm going to read it. I'm going to read what we just read uh, from this passage in the message. Jesus said to his disciples, there was once a rich man who had a manager. He got reports the manager had been taking advantage of the position by running up huge personal expenses. So he called him in and said, what's this I hear about you? You're fired. And I went, I want a complete audit of your books. The manager said to himself, what am I, what am I going to do? I've lost my job as a manager. I, I'm not strong enough for a laboring job, but I'm too proud to beg. I, aha, I've got a plan. Here's what I'll do. Then when I'm turned out into the street, people will take me into their houses. See how he's kind of jockeying here? So he went at it, one after another. Verse 5, he, he called in the people who were in debt to his master. He said to the first, how much do you owe my master? He quickly re 
applied 100 jugs of oil. The manager said, here, take your bill, sit down there quick, make it 50. Uh, to the next, he said, and, and you, what do you owe? He answered, 100 sacks of wheat. He said, take your bill, write 80. Well, here's a surprise. The master praised the crooked manager. Why? Because he knew how to look after himself. Streetwise people are smarter in this regard than law-abiding citizens. They're on the constant alert, looking for angles, surviving by their wits. I want you to be smart in the same way. But for what is right, using every adversity to stimulate you to creative survival, to concentrate your attention on the bare essentials so you'll live, really live, and not complacently just get by on good behavior. Jesus went on to make these comments. If you're honest in small things, you'll be honest in big things. Uh, if you're a crook in small things, you'll be a crook in big things. If you're not honest in small jobs, who will put you in charge of the store? No worker can serve two bosses. Either he'll hate one and love the second or adore the first and despise the second. You can't serve both God and the bank. Yet, I mean, how... How true is that statement in our day? How true is it that we we do, especially in American society, often try to serve God and serve the bank by debt and uh, by credit debt and, and what we owe? And not now we are serving the bank. We are serving money, or or even if we're not doing that, oftentimes we're in a place where we are. Uh, you know, you make more money, you spend more money. You make more money, you spend more money. And then all of a sudden, we want to make more money so we can spend more money. I mean, is that not a true thing? Have you not found that uh, the more you have, the more you make, the more you spend? Uh, often true. I mean, there's a principle in verse 13, I think, that uh, we need to consider you can't serve two. Hate the one uh, and despise the other. You, you can't, and often we, we're doing that. Often as Christians, we're trying to serve our worldly uh, desires, even if they're not evil desires, but we're trying to serve those and serve God. And, and Jesus is calling us to be shrewd and to do what we do to serve the kingdom. Uh Is that how we live? Living to serve the kingdom. Let me go further in this passage. The law and the kingdom of God. Let me put us uh, into the NIV 84. The Pharisees who loved money heard all of this and were sneering at Jesus he said to them, you're the ones who justify yourselves in the eyes of men, but God knows your hearts. What is highly valued among men is detestable in God's sight. The law and the prophets were proclaimed until John. Since that time, the good news of the kingdom of God is being preached, and everyone is forcing his way into it. It's easier for heaven and earth to disappear than for the least stroke of a pen drop out of the law. In other words, he's saying the law is not going to disappear. 
the law is still here. Um, but now there is something that, that supersedes, goes beyond the law, and, and often it does. The, what Jesus gets to is gets to the heart. Uh, and, and what we often will do is justify ourselves in the eyes of men. And, and we want to look good in the eyes of the world. What about looking good in the eyes of God? What about uh, we want to look? We want to impress people around us sometimes. But what about God? Do we want to please God? That is that is a question that we would ask ourselves. How, how does my life align with the will of God? How does my life align with the ways of God? So we consider those things simply looking at this passage. People forcing their way in, wanting into the kingdom. And, and, and we want people to be in the kingdom, do we not? Um, but we don't do it by uh, just flat out ignoring the law. We, we allow the law to be a schoolmaster. We allow the law to point out to us our constant ongoing need for Christ. We allow the law to point out to us our constant ongoing need of uh, the forgiveness of God, the grace of God, the mercy of God. There is this distinction that, that is often drawn between the ways of Jesus and the ways of religiosity. Uh, and in verse 14, we, we do note some of the same thing. The Pharisees who loved money heard all this and were sneering at Jesus. Friends, the love of money is the root of all evil. How many times have we seen families divide over money? Uh, they, they divide over inheritance. Maybe you've lived it. Maybe you've experienced it. Maybe you've at least witnessed it. Uh, you know, there, there are plots on TV or in the movies that have to do with a sibling killing a sibling because they want the money. They want the inheritance. Or we see these things. We often love money. And, and money isn't evil. But the love of money is what is evil. That's what we're told by Paul in the book of Timothy. I believe it's in the sixth chapter of the book of Timothy. Let me take us there. First Timothy chapter six. Uh, yes. Let's take a look here. Godliness with, verse 6, 1 Timothy 6, 6, but godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into the world, and we'll take nothing out of it. But if we have food and clothing, we'll be content with that. And there are some among us who actually do well at, at living in that way very well, and maybe maybe need a little bit more. But maybe some of us could, could take a lesson. Uh, people who want to get rich fall into the temptation and trap and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge men into ruin and destruction. Now, now that doesn't have to be the case. There are those among us that have done very, very well for themselves and use what, what the Lord has given them uh, for the kingdom. But often uh, the desire for money the desire for wealth plunge us into a very 
bad place. Uh, verse 10 says this, For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. So to be careful. You, you hear I have an associate behind me who's now awake and he's saying it's time for my breakfast. So in just a moment, in just a moment, we will get this fellow some breakfast because that is what he's asking for. He's hungry. He usually eats at five o'clock and it's now nigh unto six. Let me go a little further down in this passage because I think it talks about, yes, verse 17. First Timothy 6, command those who are rich in the present world not to be arrogant or to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God who richly provides us with everything. Command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, to be generous and willing to share. In this way, they'll lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age so that they will take hold of life that truly is life. Again, it's not having wealth um, that is problematic. It's the love of money, perhaps over the love of God. Uh, and, and I do commend many who, uh, who have been very blessed uh, in this world uh, and I commend you for your partnership in, in ministry and the ways that that those there are those who've done very very well and some, there are some people saying, well, I, I need to stop doing so well because it's evil. No, it's it's God's gift to you that you've done well uh, and that gift then you share with others. So keep doing what you're doing. Doesn't matter uh, either side. Those who don't have money or those who uh, do have money or seem to have. Uh, uh, found themselves in a stream where it just flows. Um, both need to learn to be content. All need to learn to love God. In the midst of all this, learning to be shrewd for the sake of the kingdom and, and learning to be shrewd uh, and to do good for the glory of Christ. That's the call. Well, well, this passage wasn't quite as uh, heartwarming as the one yesterday about the the prodigal, but it certainly is true when we consider our world. Uh, we consider the stock market. We consider crypto. We consider, uh, you know, mutual funds. Uh, we consider, you know, what, what line of uh, business we can get into so we can make lots of money. Again, making lots of money. I just want to be clear on this. It's, it's, some of you do that, and you, you are very, very supportive of ministry, and that's exactly what God wants you to do. I have people sometimes say, well, I you know, what if God calls me into the ministry, you know, and I've got friends in this situation that wrestle with these things and say, what if God's called you to be where you are because you've learned how to make money uh, and now you support the kingdom? Keep going. Be shrewd. Work for Christ. Work for the kingdom. But may, may all of us make sure that in the midst of all of these things, we're loving Christ first. Lord, help us today to love you. Help us today to be shrewd for you, to point others to you, to use the resources we have for the uh, for the expanse of the kingdom, for the glory of Christ. Help us to not be caught whether we have whether we have feel like we have too little, uh, or whether we're in a place for making a lot and wanting to make a lot more. Lord, help us to to learn to be content. 
for the glory of Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a great day, everyone. I will see you tomorrow.